My very first class as a Yale student told me much more in hindsight about the education I was about to receive than all the glossy brochures and guided tours I had been given before I arrived. It was a literature class called Heroes and the Mock Heroic, taught by an eminent professor of English, Dr. Claude Rawson. Fresh from summer break, half a dozen students and I, along with Dr. Rawson, were seated around a seminar table in a small classroom. Rawson was dressed rather sloppily in an oversized, untucked polo shirt. He wore white socks and flip-flops with the thong wedged between his toes. He lacked couture, perhaps, but he had an impressive British accent to make up for it. The room was only about half full, and there were plenty of empty seats left around the table. I glanced around at the other students and waited silently for class to begin. It was all still very new to me, and I was simply trying to soak in the experience. Out the window, I could see the stately stone-clad buildings of Yale's old campus, the earliest of which dates back more than 250 years. I felt an incredible sense of belonging. I was at Yale. That's all I could think about in that moment. The reading that day was from Homer's Iliad. It was the famous climactic scene in which Achilles chases Hector around the city of Troy, catches him, and savagely cuts him down. We read a brief passage aloud in which Hector pleads for an honorable burial and begs Achilles not to feed him to the dogs. The professor then paused and asked the class to analyze the passage. A few of us offered interpretations, none of which seemed to be what the professor was looking for. Then a girl seated directly across the table from me spoke up. She had dark hair with severe short-cropped bangs. She half-smiled while she talked, as if she were pleased with the insight she was about to impart to the rest of us. She began to describe, with plenty of impressive theoretical language, how all of the bloody battle imagery of the Iliad's climactic scene was really an elaborate metaphor for sex. That girl turned out to be Eliza Schwartz, an art major who would, later that school year, initiate a media firestorm and provoke national outrage over her senior art project, which she claimed consisted of blood and tissue from numerous self-induced abortions. More on that later. For my part, I was unimpressed by Eliza's interpretation of the Iliad, and my furrowed brow must have shown it. I couldn't see what the Battle of Achilles and Hector had to do with sex, but as a new Yale student, I guess I had a lot to learn. Dr. Rawson, while still appearing not to find the exact answer he was looking for, seemed to acquiesce. Well, yes, of course, he said, glancing down at the text. Everything is sexual. A few years before my arrival, Yale University had begun hosting a veritable marathon of sex-related seminars and special events every other year, known collectively as Sex Week at Yale. At no other time do those words of my professor, everything is sexual, appear more probably correct. It happens during the spring semester. The campus is flooded with banners and posters announcing Sex Week, Sex Week, Sex Week. Students are barraged with emails announcing each day's proceedings and encouraged to attend the week's educational programs. Sex Week is everywhere you turn. No fewer than 17 official events were held during Sex Week 2008, ranging from a porn star look-alike contest judged by a real-life porn film director to safe sex workshops to lectures on the female orgasm. The event was so chock-full of goodies that organizers were forced to stretch Sex Week 
into eleven continuous days of non-stop sex, sexuality, sexiness, and sexationalism. Somehow, during those eleven days, amid all the sex, students are supposed to go to class. No one is forced to attend sex week events, of course, but you cannot escape the storm of sex-related activity. National media descend upon the campus to chronicle the strange mix of lewdness and Ivy League snob appeal. There are news vans in the quad with big satellite dishes bolted on top, and reporters with press badges roam the hallways, trailed by camera crews. The university's student-run paper, the Yale Daily News, recounts each day's highlights to the entire student body. As one of my classmates put it, you can hardly understand what it is like to walk into the dining hall, grab some eggs and coffee and the morning paper, then try to maintain your appetite after glimpsing a front-page, full-color photo of a smiling freshman clutching a pair of anal beads.